The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Ruby Catherine Stevens, the fifth and youngest child of Catherine Ann Nay McPhee, who, after being knocked by a drunk from a moving streetcar, died from miscarriage complications, and Byron E. Stevens, who two weeks after the funeral of his wife, joined a crew to work on digging the Panama Canal and was subsequently never seen again by his family. She first appeared in the silent film Broadway Nights in 1927, around the same time she starred as the lead in the Broadway show Burlesque. Ruby, a former Ziegfeld girl, was now known as Barbara Stanwyck. And it was during this time that she met her first husband, Frank Fay. Together they moved to Hollywood where Stanwyck soared to stardom. Fay, on the other hand, her Broadway co-star in Burlesque, could not transition to the same stature as his wife. Perhaps it was that jealousy or the alcohol imbibed that inspired his physical abusing of his starlet wife. It is theorized that Barbara Stanwyck and Frank Fay's marriage was what inspired director William A. Wellman to write the script for his 1937 film, A Star is Born. 81 years later, a year short of the number of years Stanwyck would end up living, the fourth iteration of A Star is Born came to theaters with a script that was originally set to be directed by notorious chair talker to Clint Eastwood with a screenplay inspired by another real-life entertainer, Kurt Cobain. However, Bradley Cooper would end up directing and in turn would seek another Seattle rocker, our own Eddie Vedder, for some guidance. At first, Vedder told him that he shouldn't attempt another version of the film after the enormously successful 1976 version, the second highest grossing film of that year, starring Chris Christopherson and another Barbara, Barbara Streisand. This iteration also parodied by Mad Magazine with a tape called A Star's A Bomb. And technically, that statement is true. At its core, a star houses a thermonuclear hydrogen fusion reactor. And although the cover of Pearl Jam's sixth studio album, Binaural, shows us the famous engraved hourglass nebula, which is a planetary nebula, likely formed by the collapse of a star, you would have to look to the Serpent's constellation and the Eagle Nebula within, home of the Pillars of Creation found on the cover of Binaural's booklet to see where a star is born. Welcome to Binaural and Season 6 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Binaural released May 16th, 2000, preceded by the single Nothing As It Seems and followed up in the middle of the album cycle with Light Ears as the second single. Binaural meaning having or relating to two ears, a reference to the binaural recording technique utilized by producer Chad Blake for this album. Basically a mannequin head with two microphones stuffed into the ear canals so you can attempt to accurately recreate the sound of a human listening to something. A lot of times now it's used uh, for some ASMR videos or self-hypnosis, going to sleep, uh, weird meditation-ish sort of things. However, even though Chad Blake produced the album, Brendan O'Brien hopped into the mixing chair to help them out because some of the songs 
just didn't sound right with the 3D sort of sound. Most notably, the harder rocking sort of sounds didn't sound as strong as they probably should have on a record live. You know, it's another thing because there's a bunch of people there and, you know, you're a whole lot louder than you are in the studio. The binaural songs on the album being Nothing As It Seems, Of The Girl, Arrival, Sleight Of Hand, and Soon Forget. This album is my fifth favorite coming in behind Yield, which I just talked about in the season finale last week. I've given it a 3.5 out of 5 stars with three 5-star songs, Nothing As It Seems, Insignificance, and Grievance. The Ed songs of the album, uh, of which he has written five, with a total of five songs contributed by Jeff and Stone, lyrics and music. Ed notoriously having writer's block around the time of this album and uh, inserted the little hidden track there at the end of Parting Ways to represent that. This album did seem to signal a darker period for the band, if not just because of the color of their album covers, but with the aftermath of Columbine, which is referenced in the song Rival, and the Roskilde tragedy, which would happen on this tour, Pearl Jam were also approaching the end of their contract with Epic and Sony Records. And they find themselves at this time in a completely different musical environment than where their careers started off. Boy bands are back, pop and rap are virtually interchangeable at this time. Rock has gotten harder, new metal, and the rap, rock, limp biscuit of it all, I'm sorry, bizkit of it all is uh, just baffling. 2000 was this band's 10th anniversary, and they were the last of the big four Seattle bands that was still standing. Just coming off the success of their largest radio hit of their career, Last Kiss, a cover that was included on their 1999 fan club single, people were asking all over again, Pearl Jam's still a band? So I don't know if many people had expectations for this album. Besides the binaural recording techniques, one of the sounds that defines this album, I believe, at least to my ears, is of course due to an effect that Mike has on his pedal board that he starts to use a lot, similar to the album Above with Mad Season and Mike using a phaser throughout a lot of that. There's a lot of delay, most notably stereo delay, in the binaural tracks where the sounds will ping-pong back and forth through Mike's main ear channel, which in the binaural songs is in the right ear, and you can hear the echoes kind of going off sort of left-center-ish. In the band I was in for a long time, we sort of uh, made our own binaural demo recordings. I have a mini-disc player, and I also have some stereo microphones that we can set as far apart as we want. I think they stretch out probably about eh, probably about three feet, three, four feet or so. We had an empty bucket and uh, taped the right and left microphones onto either side of the bucket, drew a face on it, of course, and uh, set it in the middle of our recording circle. We had some uh, soundproofing, I guess you can call it, uh, around our drummer to sort of try to direct the sound to the microphones. We also had uh, the RPA set up 
with a speaker aiming right at the uh, thing as well because we didn't have any multi-tracking capabilities, of course, at that point and couldn't uh, punch my voice in or anything. And so we just did it all live. Kind of sounds weird. It, it doesn't really have like a super binaural, like this album sounds, sound to it. But there is a unique stereo sort of sound to it. It would have been really great if the other guitar player uh, had a better sound dialed in on his amp at the time. Other than that, that's all the uh, the personal stuff I guess I have for this song. I mean, album. As a whole, I have most of this season already recorded. Uh, I have guests for every song that is going to be covered, which are the binaural tracks, Breaker Fall, God's Dice, Evacuation, Light Years, Nothing As It Seems, Thin Air, Insignificance of the Girl, Grievance, Rival, Sleight of Hand, Soon Forget, Parting Ways, of course, we're going to cover the hidden track Writer's Block, and there are also fan club singles in there as well. I'm going to finally, for real, get this uh, this time, get History Never Repeats from the 95 single, uh, also Soldier of Love, as I mentioned earlier, from the 98 single, and also Crown of Thorns from the 2000 single. The other song, I'm not sure if I don't have a guess for it right now, I'm trying to get a certain somebody for it. I don't know if I'll be successful or not, but that will be at the end of the season anyway, so I've uh, I've got time. If not, then I'll uh, put it in at Riot Act. But uh, as it stands with my uh, schedule, it looks like this will take me through May with uh, this wrapping up right at the end of May, beginning of June. I originally was going to also cover the touring band instrumental tracks, Thunderclap, Foldback, and Harmony. However, I've held off on those because getting guests for songs that nobody even really knows is difficult, and there's not too much to say. So I'm holding that back for my potential side project supplemental material complete in encyclopedic bookend podcast that I am probably going to have at a uh, premium subscription something or other. Not necessarily Patreon because I don't like them too much. I've said it again in the uh, episode before this, the season finale for you. But hopefully you will come along this journey with me through Binaural and probably give it another listen because uh, I'm listening to it again to record these interviews, I did start to like them a little bit more than I remember liking them on the uh, first go-around of listening to this album 20 years ago now, over 20 years. So thank you for listening. Stay safe, and uh, please continue to wear your masks. We're not through this yet. The Better Man Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. 
or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank you, and as always, this is Brandon saying... Kids, 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 as far as daddy's concerned, you're both potential murderers.